We've been doing this series on uh, the one another passages in Scripture, and one of the one another's is out of Galatians 6.2, where it says that we need to bear one another's burdens. And today I want to define one of those greatest burdens is the anxiety all of us live with. How do we bear that for one another? Hi, this is Eric Hurd, and my podcast is called Relationships by the Book. So why that title? Well, I lived 18 years of my life apart from God, apart from His Word. And my family was one of the most dysfunctional families to grow up in, and we didn't understand relationships. And when I came to know Christ, it absolutely transformed me from the inside out. And I began to understand God's wisdom because I dug into His Word and I saw how much He had to say about relationships. I've been a pastor now for over 45 years. and. So this podcast is really an accumulation of the wisdom God's given me in relationships that I want to share with you. Welcome back to Relationship by the Book. Man, Michael, it seems like it's been years since we've talked. I think it's been over a month. Yeah, it's created a lot of anxiety in me. Oh, has it? I hope not. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm an anti-anxiety uh, person. Yeah, and, and that's a good thing. But, uh, you know, the reality is, Michael, we all have to live with anxiety. We do. Yeah. yeah that's true. And, you know, understanding anxiety is as important as the, the realization that we have anxiety. Like, where does it come from? Have you thought about that? That is a good question. Where does it come from? Well, first of all, we need to define it. And, and uh, I have a friend of mine who uh, defined it this way. An experience of unease typically typically about an uncertain future. An so experience really, of unease. Uh-huh. And usually it has to do with something uncertain in the future. Like, you know, we might have anxiety, you know, uh, we're, we're going uh, in, a, in America with uh, in a political situation where we have midterm, you know, uh, uh, elections. And so no matter what party you're in, there's, there's anxiety of what if they win and we lose, what's going to happen? And, you know, people are claiming the democracy is going to be blown up. The United States is going to falter. And so there's anxiety about the midterms. There can be anxiety about, you know, am I going to have enough money when I choose to retire? What if I don't? When I, am I going to have to go back to work? And what if I can't get a job? And we can get anxiety, you know, where it's just on overload. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Any any future event or or situation coming can can bring anxiety. I could I can see, certainly see that. I yeah. mean, in my own life, you know, we're having a baby real soon here. You are. Uh, that's a big one for us. And we were just talking to some people that are planning a wedding. Mm. You know, how's that event going to go? What's the weather going to be like? And and then of course, you know, financially, we think about what's what's our financial situation going to look like next year. Yeah. Right. Because you're in real estate, and how uncertain is that during a time in which we're saying there's going to be a recession if we're not in one already? You know, am I going to be able to provide now that I've got another mouth to feed? And so, you know, it's very interesting because this same friend that uh, defined anxiety said this about anxiety. Anxiety is fundamentally about control, and that is a good lens to understand it in. In other words, I want to control the future so that I don't have any worry or anxiety. But is that possible? No. Not completely. But there are things that we can do for each other that would help us to manage the anxiety. I, what I love about the Bible is it tells life like it is. 
And, uh, and even Jesus realized that we as human beings, because we can't control everything, live with a perpetual amount of anxiety, whether, whether it's mild or medium level or very high. The reality is we're human beings with limitations. We're mortal and can't control everything. So anxiety is, is just a part of our life. But it's, it's not anxiety itself that defines us. It's what we do with the anxiety. Okay, what do you mean by what do we do with anxiety? Okay, so so if I isolate, if, if I don't have friends, if I don't have any way to manage the anxiety, it just builds up. You can get yourself spinning in a way like nothing else. Like, you know, I don't know if you've ever watched too much news. Like, I, I, I try to shut it off because what, is, what, is, what draws people in the news is pessimism. Mm-hmm. It's about fear. It's about instilling something where, you know, oh my gosh, this is going to happen. And so what I do with anxiety will define me. Mm. And so, you know, when it comes to inner relationships, you know, with one another, there are ways we can lessen not only anxiety in our own lives, but we can lessen the anxiety in other people's lives. And so what I want to talk about is just a few ways we can do that. Okay. Yeah, I'm all ears. I'm curious. I'm, I'm, well, let me just touch on real quick. Yeah. Because I think my generation, and I've had to cut this out of my life over the last few years, is social media can create yeah. huge anxieties. We're, we're flipping through everyone's pictures of vacations and beautiful dressed up people or whatever. And we have these anxieties that build up because maybe we don't, you know, we compare ourselves, right? Oh. Comparison's a big one. And, um, yeah, I just I've seen that happen, and it, I, we've actually cut Instagram and Facebook pretty much out of our yeah. our lifestyle, and it's been a great change. Yeah, because again, that comparison thing, like you you know, you'll see uh, people go on their vacations with their kids, and you're going, man, maybe I don't take my kids on enough vacations. Right. So I'm not building memories, and you know, or you see somebody you know uh, letting their kids off at a private school, but you you can't afford a private school, and God, my kid's going to get screwed up in a public school, and you know, you can just get racing just looking at what everybody else is doing. Yep. So how do we relieve anxiety? I think one way, and, and no surprise, is is reminding people of Scripture. You know, is it, you know, like, like uh, Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Why? Because today has enough trouble of its own. So I might have a friend of mine, or maybe I'm talking with you and saying, Michael, you seem to be obsessing about something that either may not happen or it's way in the future. Why don't you manage what you can today? Like today, you know, you talked to me this morning before we got on the podcast, and you were saying, hey, I've got certain things to do, but I've got a pretty open schedule. Well, that's awesome. So you're not letting life overwhelm you, but i got to start hitting the phones. i got to start, you know, generating business. Mm-hmm. And, and people get anxious because they, they, again, worry so much about the future. So we can remind each other of a what, I, what would be called a, a biblical mindset, you know, um, again, uh, in, in my worldview, this world is in everything. Mm. And if I don't live with a future in mind, you know, of a, of a perfect future, I can get, you know, all of a sudden worked up that if I don't succeed in this life, I've screwed up and, you know, it'll mark me for the rest of my life. No, it doesn't. You know, God gives us a perfect future. Yeah. Yeah, some, sometimes that's a hard truth to accept. Sure. Right? I mean, it takes faith. A- absolutely. And that's, why, that's where, you know, we can remind each other scripturally of a worldview 
that, you know, like, like, you know, people go, God, you know, the world is getting crazier. The world is getting worse. There's way more evil. No. It's always <laughs> it's, been this way. It's always been this way. You know, uh, even Paul said in, in the last days, such and such will happen. He gives this list of all these things that happen. Oh, excuse me, it was written 2,000 years ago. Nothing's changed. So again, having a biblical mindset or perspective can relieve stress. Also, praying. You know, uh, one of the things that I love is what is prayer really at its heart? It's bringing God right into the center of whatever I'm dealing with. You know, I had a couple I, I, I was working with, and, and uh, they had a miscarriage, and then they've been struggling with infertility, and, you know, they, they started getting worked up. What if we never have kids? What, da, 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 you know, and they start putting it out there. Of course. And, and it was interesting. I said, you know, one of the things my wife and I did is we prayed, and we had people pray over us. And the miracle happened. The doctor said we wouldn't have kids. Well, we had a son, 18 months later, a daughter. That's God's deal. So, so prayer brings God right into the center of whatever I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about almighty God. There is no limitation with him. Now, I know that there's suffering, and I know there's people that, you know, couples that were infertile and didn't have kids, but they figured it out. Maybe they adopted, maybe they, they fostered kids, whatever it may be. But, you know, natural or you know uh, having kids naturally isn't the end all mm-hmm. you know and so so praying is a huge thing like you know it's very interesting uh, i was challenged years ago uh, you know to ask people can i pray for you and this person said i've never had anybody say no <laughs> and and it is interesting i don't care what people's faith is what a, hey can i pray for you right now people go yeah because there's something inside of us. Like God has set himself and he's made himself evident to every man. So when you ask for prayer, what you're saying is, I'm gonna bring God right in the center of what you're dealing with. So so reading God's word, having a biblical perspective, praying for each other, starts to lower the level of anxiety. And then there's another thing we can do, and that's reasoning and logic. You know, this is where uh, interpersonal relationship becomes important. And, you know, one of the things I admire about you, Michael, is you always uh, look to older men who have more experience than you to get perspective. You know, and, and, and somebody who's older and, and lives with logic and reasoning can calm you down. Yeah. Hey, Michael, we're oh, yeah. just in a cycle in the real estate market. We've been here before. We'll be here again. Write it out. Hopefully you put some money aside. And, you know, we're going to get through this. So when you have somebody who has done it, it's like, okay, I can do it. You know, it's so funny that you bring that up. I, 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 you just helped me way more than you think, but way uh, more than you may know, because I've gone to, thank you for noticing, but I really do appreciate the words of wisdom coming from someone further down the road than myself. You, other men that I've met through, you know, friends and family in the church. And one of my favorite things to do is go have a coffee or just Mm. even a a phone call with someone like that. And there's a smile that I get from every one of yeah. the men that I've approached when I when I come to them with what I think is this big critical moment in my life. There's this <laughs> smile that I get. Well, okay, let's back up and let's go through this. Like you're gonna basically they they already know 
it's going to be fine. Yes. But I've worked myself up to the point where I've got to sit down and get some advice. And the, I mean, you literally just gave that same body language. Of, uh, it's it's, it's going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's, uh, there's so many things in life that are repetitive. You know, like, like how many uh, women did you date to get to your wife? Yeah. And, and and when when the relationship didn't work, it's like I'm never gonna find anybody. There's nobody that is right. really gonna be matched for me. And what if I'm just a loner the rest of my? And then you get married, you go, oh, I'm not a loner anymore. <laughs> you know, and and you know, part of this thing of of getting reasoning and logic, it really is the issue of. It's good to have people that are emotionally uh, present, and who are active listeners. So they're not putting you down, but they go, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. And Michael, you know, uh, in the grand scheme of things, you know, do you feel like your anxiety or your worry is really going to accomplish anything? What if you set out and, 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 in other words, they're listening to you and then they provide counsel, not unsolicited because you're going to them, but they're active listening. You know, it's so interesting when you think of what, you know, like uh, if I posed you the question, uh, the kind of one of the biggest needs we have human as human beings have is to be listened to. Period. Yeah. Because in if somebody listens to you, you're not alone in, in the thing. Mm-hmm. And so the way that we can bear one another's burdens is just active listening. Like I, I'm I'm talking to a mom who uh, lost her her uh, her older daughter, and and I will I will do this. I'll say, tell me about your daughter, mm-hmm. and then I'll shut up. Just let her talk. But She'll... that prompt, you you know, that's that's not easy for everyone to, to prompt properly. Or mm-hmm. having that intentionality that you do is, I know you've developed that. Yeah. You really have. And it, it's, it doesn't have to be hard, but you're really good at it. Oh. You are very good at it. So it, um, I feel like I've learned a lot from you on how to prompt people to, to open up. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, with a little effort, it, it always seems to get people like to talk, right? Yes. And, um, you know, something that I really have found through you is that the gift of being understood, you know, when you listen and understand or can relate, it feels so good to mm. the person receiving that, right? Yes. And, and, it, and there, there was a, something that somebody shared with me years ago, and that is, it's not a, the amount of questions that we might ask somebody. It's the right question. Yeah, it's tapping into because it, it shows a level of compassion and sincerity and intentionality if we ask the right question. Mm-hmm. So, how do you find those right questions? What what leads you? To okay, that? like like I, I I met a guy, um, and uh, and he's at the end of his career. He's about to you know step away, and uh, and um, and so I was at his house and and we we're talking, and then all of a sudden I just stopped. I said, Hey. What is your biggest fear now letting go of the career you've had for 45 years? You're known as the CEO. You know, you're successful. Everybody looks to you. What's going to fill that identity? And he just goes, and he just paused. And I just sat back and waited. And it took a little while. And he goes, I don't know. (laughs) And I said, well, who have you talked to? And, And he hadn't. And I go, 
man, I've got some men who are right where you are. If you ever wanted to talk to them, I think it would be good because, you know, where you find real compassion is from people that are experiencing the same thing you are. So I've got other men like you who their whole identity was in their work. And everybody looked to them, but they had to let go. Mm. Yeah. And so it's it's just putting yourself in their circumstance and going, what would I feel? Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be too far off. You are all human. Oh, absolutely. So so again, it's the intentionality. It's thinking in their lens. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, in, in uh, Philippians, it says, so consider other people's needs as more important than your own. Well, what does that take? To consider their needs. Mm-hmm. So that's where you come up with the right question. Very cool. I yeah. love that. That's a great tool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so, like, you know, when you actually listen and, and you're emotionally present, then you have the, the potential to empower them. This is, this is really cool. Mm. And this is where, you know, it's almost like you can be a cheerleader for another person. You know, like, man, Michael, I, I've watched you over the years, and people love you. And you don't have to worry about getting customers. You know, what you want to worry about is how do I serve those customers? Mm-hmm. And so I might speak into you like what I see in you, uh, what, I, what, I, what, I, what I feel are your strengths, and, and maximizing those. So empowering people is literally with your words, with your body language, just lifting them up and going, you know, uh, hey, I'm going to be behind you. I'll be praying for you. Hey, I'm, I'm available anytime. But empowerment is something very, very beautiful. It's like walking with somebody in grief. And, uh, you know, because I've lost a lot of people along the way because I'm older. And so, you know, if if I have somebody who's grieving, uh, I can say, hey, I'm going to walk with you in this. And I've been there too. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to set any ground rules. All I'm going to do is just be there. Yeah, we've you've told us a few stories about that. I want to just warn everyone, we're getting yeah. a low battery, little blinking light here. So if we cut out, it wasn't intentional. Yes. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up with a couple of things. One is, if you're struggling with anxiety, be sure not to fuel it by having healthy habits. This would be things like eating food that energizes you. It's getting the proper rest, spending time with people that put wind in your sails, and avoid people people that suck the wind out of your sails. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, misery and, loves company. Yeah, and 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 so you know it, it's it's the type of thing. Be careful of who you're with, because that will either lift you up and empower you, or it'll suck the very life out of you. Mm-hmm. So this whole thing of anxiety, hey. It's with us the rest of our lives because we're human beings and we cannot control the future. But I need to recognize that it's there. But again, it's it's more important what I do with the anxiety, not not that I have the anxiety. Absolutely. Wow. That's a lot to unpack and that's very helpful. Yeah. Very helpful. I think we got some great tools from this quick conversation. Absolutely. And our battery didn't go out. Yeah. We're, we're, we barely made it. Thank you, guys. I mean, we're, we're shorter than usual, but um, Eric and I have been a little off schedule lately, and this will be our kickstart to wrapping up the year with some great content. So keep listening. All right. Thanks.